The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. Welcome to Board with Video Games, the gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games you play on your table and on your television. You could think of us as the convince yourself that everything is all right and because it already is of gaming podcasts. We're a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network and thrilled to be part of the Dice Tower Network as well. I am one of your hosts, Kyle, and joining me on this co-op adventure, the guy who doesn't have to convince himself of anything. Josh, how are you doing this evening? <laughs> I am doing well. How about yourself? You know, not too bad. We were talking very briefly uh, before we started recording. Josh, it was 90 degrees here. Yeah, that's crazy. That, it's May. That is ridiculous. It's, I know. <laughs> You're going to have a rough August. <laughs> Oof, I know. But like I said, it's going to be warm for two days and then back to normal and maybe even a little cooler than normal for like 10 days after that. So mm. I don't know that it was worth the investment. Like I would have appreciated just like upper 70s if we could have just stuck there like yeah. i would have been okay with that i didn't need a 90 degree day and an 86 degree day <laughs> to get 60 degree days with highs in the low 40s like i'm cool we could have just stayed the course but yeah. no That's the weather rough. has different plans so it is rough it is rough josh did you know this reference um no but i did look it up so i do know. okay <laughs> gotcha and now in fairness i did tweak the name of the episode uh, which is to not the full name of the song. So that was a little bit, you know, yeah. deceptive on my part. But uh, are you a P- have you heard of Pete Yorn? Of are you course. a Pete Yorn fan at all? Okay. Yeah. I would say so. I grew up listening to what was considered classic rock at the time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it's considered now. Why would you call it classic rock? That was played on the classic rock stations. Pete Yorn was? Am I thinking of someone different? I think you're thinking because Pete Yorn's like first album came out in like 2001. Oh, no, I'm thinking of someone different. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say. I must know his music. I know the yeah, song. Yeah, probably. I mean, it's definitely like indie rock, you know, uh, if you're like into trying to think of who else would be in this group. Uh, Ryan Adams would probably be someone who also would come up if you're looking for Pete Yorn. Yeah. Well, let's see what what we have. Sorry, I'm f- I'm filling the air with no music. I mean, okay. I'm just listening. That's fine. Yeah, That's okay. Fine. I know who he, I know. Who he yeah. Is. So, P- yeah, Pete Orn is good stuff. Uh, so, Pete Orn is one of those. I don't want to say rare, but one of those artists who I've I have listened to the, his first few albums, but like none of his recent stuff. Even though he still is very very much still doing stuff, uh, I haven't listened to him in quite some time. And actually, was realizing that when his music was on as i was putting together our show notes i was like oh goodness i should check out some more recent pete yorn because hmm. uh, i actually went and saw him at concert a few times and he was very very good so nice yeah i enjoy some pete yorn so dear listener if you've never uh heard of or listened to some pete yorn i encourage it uh that his first album music for the morning after which came out in 2001 that whole album very very good so check it out it's great but do you like this uh, change of format for the intro to the show, Josh? 
You didn't change the format. Well, I know, but I used to just put <laughs> random things together, and now it's all based off the music that I'm listening to while I'm putting the show notes oh, together. Oh, that's fine. It's still random okay. to me. Nothing's changed in that aspect. <laughs> I guess it is still random. It's true, but it's always musically focused now. Because I'm not going to lie, at, you know, once you hit 185 episodes of trying to think of pairings of things, yeah, uh, it got a lot harder, and I do actually have an entire list of all the pairings that have ever do. been used, and we've never <laughs> duplicated anything. Uh, for the most part like there's been no straight duplications there have been some parts where like half of something has been used again and paired with something else but i just felt like this was a little nice little change of pace we'll see if i stick with this for a while or what i'm going to do but Hmm. i just thought i I was moved to go this direction for a while so we'll see what happens but yeah it's good you're doing a good job well i appreciate the compliment i didn't definitely didn't need the compliment uh one other thing to chat about at least on my docket josh before we kind of get into the the show proper if you would um you know we have a little bit of a different show format tonight in that you know we're, we're kind of putting together a few topics um so you know i always say like anytime i'm like oh i think it's gonna be a short show the show ends up being super super long yes but i'm gonna throw something out there to you now to see if you have thoughts on this um, and we can decide at the end, but I want you to kind of stew on and think about this as we record tonight. So we obviously have Dollar Cinema, which last month we talked about John Wick. Patrons, mm. you can go check that out. This month, <coughs> you pulled out a doozy for the patrons, Josh, and we're going to watch Cats. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're not a patron, you want to hear Josh and I discuss Cats, potentially with some special guests. Uh, you know, feel free to become a patron. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But Josh, you and I have both seen Godzilla versus Kong, uh-huh. and neither one of us have talked about with each other about it yet. That's true. So if this show goes short, yeah, you want to maybe do a little post typical show conversation about Godzilla versus Kong, like we did for Killing of a Sacred Deer back in the day. Sure. I'm okay, okay well, that. we'll see how the show goes. We'll see how the show goes. So, dear listener, you might have that look to look forward to um, because there's probably <laughs> one other movie that's uh, gaming related that we might want to do that for in the future as well. Yes. Uh, but cool. All right, Josh, anything else then before uh, we get started with the show? I don't think so. I think we covered it all. Cool. All right. So thanks so much for joining us this week, everyone. As always, if you have any feedback, questions, or suggested topics, hit us up at Board with VG on Twitter or check out all the awesome stuff also over on Instagram at Board with VG. We're a proud part of Place of Video Games, and PSVG is on Patreon. We are thrilled with the support you have given us there thus far, and if you'd like to monetarily support what we do, you can find us there at patreon.com slash PSVG. But the most important thing is just that you listen and maybe share a show with someone who you think would enjoy it. Of course, I would be remiss, though, if I did not say thank you to a few of our very, very special producers, and those are Michael Masick, Barry Cathcart, Edwin Callow, Stephen Keller, Nick Creature, Rude Day 93, Ben Moxham, Rob Emanuel, Nick Fallhaber, Paul Calicote, Grouchy Sergey, Devin Tyus, Josh Borboni, RJ Kern, Zachary Adams, and of course, who could forget, Horse Girl 69. We're also a member of the Dice Tower Podcast Network, so if you enjoy our conversations about board games and would like to dive deeper into that world, we encourage you to check out the Dice Tower Podcast as well as all of the other members of the network. No matter what type of board games you enjoy, there is a podcast on the network that's right for you. And I think final reminder or darn close to final reminder uh, that the PSVG main feed is going away. I think May 10th. So I believe I don't have a calendar in front of me. This might be the last show that's on the main feed. 
Uh, yeah, it will be. Yep. Okay, so this is it, folks. Be sure to migrate either to the Dice Tower Network feed or our individual standalone board of the video games feed to, to continue getting us if you are downloading us from that PSVG feed. All right. With that, as I had mentioned, a bit of a change, not really to the topics of the show, but... <laughs> Josh and I just decided that we have a few things in common we're going to talk about. So, number one, we're going to have kind of a mutual topic of catching everyone up on what we've been playing. So, Josh, kick us out. What's been happening on your table and your television? Okay, well, let's start with... I'm going to start with the games I played with my son. So, we finished Paw Patrol on a roll for the Xbox, uh, which was fun for him it's pretty if you have kids like he's four so i think it's important to know that to keep that in mind when talking about games um it's pretty much if they watch the show the intros are exactly the same as an episode and then when you play you're literally just playing a left to right map and you just you can jump right and you're collecting dog treats and medallions and then every once in a while like a mid-level puzzle will pop up but it just asks you to press a x or b for whatever they need to do in that situation uh i was i don't i was curious to see how he would take to it especially considering the xbox controller is like the size of his chest end to end so it took him it took him a minute or two to figure out uh how to think how to like manage the controller but he did pretty well you know but he is still four and he'd just sometimes hand me the controller and say daddy you do it and then he'd watch me play which is fine so we finished that over the course of, I don't know, two or three months, probably. We don't we do not do a lot of video game time. So, like, if we do, it's usually a day, like Sunday, when it's just me and him and mom's working all day and my dad needs a break. <laughs> uh, so we finished that and I let him decide what he wanted next. Because there is another Paw Patrol game. Um, the Super Pets or whatever it's called. Uh, but he has recently got into Transformer toys, and he said he wanted a Transformers game. So I went to I went to trusty Amazon, and I was like Transformers Xbox, and apparently um, they don't make. Uh, they like discontinued all the Transformers games because they were like $180 for Transformers on the Xbox 360, $98 for Transformers Devastation, like some recent games. So they must have discontinued them because they were just from third-party sellers. Now, I was able to later go on to GameStop and find these used, but I guess they must not make them new anymore. Uh, so we ended up with uh, Transformers Battlegrounds, which is the tactics Transformers. But luckily, it's fully voiced, which which is important to him because I didn't really know how that was going to go. I was like, is he going to want to play a tactics game? But then I thought, well, hey, I can teach a four-year-old how to play a tactics game. He doesn't know any different. You know, it's just another video game. So we played that. We did the first mission, and he actually wanted to play more. Um, but I said, you know... You know, it was yesterday we were doing my wife's birthday, so we had to take a break in the morning. So we played the first mission of Transformers Battleground. It is Battlegrounds. It is it is uh, a tactics game. It's XCOM. It's Mario versus Rabbids, whatever, but um, with Transformers. And it's it's like an in-between animation and cell animation. It's not quite cell animation, but it's it's close. 
Um, but yeah, that was fun. Uh, so far, I, I can't give you a recommendation or anything yet because it's only been one mission. But um, as a person who likes tactics games, I feel like I will like this game if he doesn't. <laughs> so at least I'll keep playing it. <laughs> that That's good. I'm glad that you enjoy it. That's a bummer about those other games because like Transformers War for Cybertron, those games are really fun. Yeah, I remember having a lot of fun with them. I just don't know how they're going to hold up graphically. That's very okay. I could totally see that. I've definitely not tried to boot one of those up in some time, but yeah. I had fun with those games. They did a couple of them really well. Uh, um, I just don't know. I don't want to jump on the movie ones because I feel like those are going to be bad. Um, but I think Devastation, I remember being good. So I'm going to keep my eyes out on eBay or, or GameStop if I ever go, go buy one at some point. Um, so, okay, let's see. What do I want to talk about next? Okay, I'm still playing NHL 21 um, when Lucas is around. Uh, we've had a little bit of a dip in our our guy game nights, so I haven't played NHL in, in about a week. But um, when I do play, I'm still having fun. And, uh, yeah, it's just it's, – it's hockey, right? So, like, I can't talk too much about it. <laughs> uh, it's It's fun. Uh, I did jump into Fortnite again because they did release Aloy uh, in Fortnite. So uh, I have been playing uh, here and there. I did get a Victory Royale proper, not a bot one, but an actual proper one where I felt like I I was good for a minute. I know that I'm not. I just got lucky. <laughs> but uh, it was fun. Uh, you know, I, it's still like... It's still Fortnite, so like I'm still kind of like while I'm playing it, being like, why am I playing this? Uh, and, you know, I'm not building. I don't do these things that the game is really built and centered around. I know that people still play it with not building, but it just seems, I don't know. It is what it is. I like that they have bow and arrow now. The bow and arrow is pretty good in that game. They actually balanced it well. I typically don't like bows and like games like that, so um, that was nice. Uh, okay. What else? What else? What else? Planet Alpha. Okay. Planet Alpha is a game I got on a humble bundle on the PC. Um, I don't know, probably a few months ago. And what I do is typically I download a few games from the humble bundle and I leave them in my steam library until I have, you know, 20 to 30 minutes, either before we record or after, or on a regular weeknight. And I, I fired this up because it looked interesting. I didn't really know what it was, except it looked very pretty, I guess is the word I'll say. And yeah, it's a really, I had a lot of fun with it. It's essentially, um, if you, if you're not familiar with like flashback or another world, uh, you'd probably be familiar with limbo. It's that same style of game where you're progressing through a level from left to right and you're hiding essentially from the bad guys. Uh, you don't really have abilities to defeat them. You just have to use your environments to help survive um, and sneak. Um, but I actually had a lot of fun with it. And uh, considering it was Humble Bundle, based on what I pay a month for Humble, I pretty much consider most of those games free because usually the big headline game already covers the $12 cost of the 12 games you're getting. So... I pretty much consider all my humble games free. Uh, <laughs> uh, I've been playing Gloomhaven solo on the PC because I, I, I keep begging my board game friends to play Gloomhaven and just scheduling doesn't work out. So I just, I've been going and playing solo. I've unlocked two characters already. 
Um, I did finally die in the last mission, but I'm using two characters. Um, and there's a mission I need to add a third party member to do. So I'm like, do I want to control three people? I guess I'm going to do it. There you go. There you go. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm having fun with that. I'm still uh, looking forward to playing more with, um, Kyle and Kevin and Lucas whenever we get the time to do so. And I didn't talk about this, but last episode or two episodes ago, but two weeks ago, I had my first um, game night where my buddy came over and we were, we were both two weeks past our second vaccination or more. So we actually were able to, he, uh, he came over and we were actually able to hang out maskless and just we just played uh unmatched together we played uh this is a game uh or games by restoration games in rob davio it's a re-implementation of star wars uh, epic battles uh, and what this game is is it's a two to four player but really two player uh, if you do four player it's teams um, versus game where you have a map and you get to pick from a crazy variety of of different characters. Um, they one of their newest sets is a Buffy set, but what you get when you get the box is the first box, the base box, comes with four characters, um, and then each expansion has usually two characters in the expansion, unless it's a big box expansion, which comes with four. So you can battle anyone from uh, Alice from Alice in Wonderland versus Bigfoot to Dracula versus um, the Raptors from Jurassic Park or InGen versus Buffy. Like there's so many different um, crazy combinations. And we played a bunch of games where we kind of went through a, a pretty good um character uh, what did i want to say a pretty good selection of characters um i think I, I took pictures but now i don't remember who who was who but I, i'm pretty sure i was the velociraptors and my buddy greg was angel from buffy so it was angel and um i always forget her name but whoever eliza dushku's character was because you have sidekicks in the game certain characters have sidekicks not everyone um and there was essentially uh lower powered characters that you can play with so um medusa no who do i use as an example um well the buffy ones most of them have one sidekick with them but some of them have no bruce lee no sidekicks it's just bruce lee um and you're playing with decks of cards it's essentially a deck builder you draw five cards um and you have to you have defense cards attack cards instant cards uh, and flexible cards which are both attack or defense, you can choose how to use them. And it basically plays that way. You move on the board, you can attack, and you can defend. And the attacker plays a card face down, and the defender places a card face down. Uh, and then the defender and attacker draw, and then you, you kind of resolve from there. Uh, I, I really love this game a lot. Uh, it's a lot of fun, and there's so much um, replayability that it's well worth uh, the cost. And the Deadpool uh, expansion is coming out this month, which is, seems to be like it's going to be super cool. 
So you can have Deadpool versus, I don't know, uh, Robin Hood or Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Oh, hold on. My computer wants to restart. Remind me later. <laughs> uh, yeah. That so would not unmatched. be a deal right now. <laughs> unmatched the board game. Uh, I really enjoy it a lot. And then I'll save work and talk about my last game that I'm playing. So, Kyle, what are you playing? I'm trying to remember. Sorry. I, was oh, it ahead. Faith? Was Faith. that her name? Uh, Faith? Yes. I think. It sounds... Let's see. Uh, Eliza Buffy. Buffy. Can you just give me your name? That should just be right there. Uh, I feel like I just read it. Did I not read it? Faith. Yeah, Faith. Okay. Nailed it. It's been a long time since I watched that show, I realized, and now trying to go back to it, it seems much harder than it used to. <laughs> well, goodness, did I like that show. Anyway, uh, so what have I been playing? A lot of these games I have talked about in some way, shape, or form previously, but maybe not a ton in depth, but I've continued to play them. Uh, number one being Outriders. Obviously, Josh gave me homework for this, so I've continued to play Outriders. Uh, I am still having a few problems with it as far as like voice sync and things like that go, but since I am in the minority of people who seem to be having those sorts of issues specifically with the game, uh, I, I do think it's probably just because I'm playing wirelessly, uh, which again, I never recommend and I typically don't do. It's just <laughs> kind of the nature of the situation with that console right now. Yeah. Um, but I am still, I, I like playing it. I do think I would definitely enjoy it more with friends. And I think that's true for many, many games, obviously, but especially for Outriders, I think it's a much better game playing co-op. One thing I will say, Josh, I feel like the excitement for this game has dipped pretty significantly. Yeah. I, I could be wrong, but I, <laughs> I, I don't really hear too many people talking about it anymore. It was very hot for a while there, uh, and and it definitely seems to have uh, chilled out a little bit, which is fine. That happens with every game. Uh, it's not a huge deal. Um, it obviously still seemed to be very, very successful. And I will probably continue to pluck away at it, uh, but just definitely not at the top of my list to keep playing right mm. now. Uh, in addition to that, I booted up Yield Switch because I decided I should probably play that thing. And <laughs> what everyone's probably thinking is, oh, goodness, you're talking about a, a Switch game. Kyle probably played Pokemon Snap. No, I did not play Pokemon Snap. No, no, no. Instead, I dusted off that very recent game that just came out like a couple days ago, Astral Chain. Or a couple years ago, depending on how you want to look at it. Uh, so Astral Chain was a game that I had always meant to play because it really was up my alley. I actually bought it at release. Um, but it is a platinum game, very action-heavy, action-focused game, uh, which is a, a style and genre of game I really enjoy. Uh, and so far, so good. I'm enjoying it. It is a little weird because you have this kind of robot mechy creation thing you're attached to by a astral chain um and then you when you throw it out there you kind of control it and like where it moves but you also can control kind of where you move at the same time so it's a little bit kind of takes a bit to get your head kind of wrapped around all of that uh but you know for the number of button presses you have to do in that in that game for stuff which are actually pretty minimal uh it is pretty deep as far as the combat goes surprisingly so there you have a lot of choices to make of how you approach things and you can kind of control since it's on a chain you can control your guide to kind of wrap around um the creatures and like lock them in place and stuff so it's kind of a cool little me um mechanism that they have built into it so I'll, i enjoy it i have watched and read every single part of the story thus far 
I don't know I can tell you what's going on. <laughs> uh, but that's okay, uh, because the action is pretty good. So still enjoying playing some Astral Chain. And if you're in that genre and have a Switch, eh, maybe you want to check it out. The last game that I've been playing is a game that I had kind of dabbled in, but never really committed to. And then I thought I would try it again, and I did, and I really, really fell in with it, and then a different game came out, so that's kind of a bummer. But that's Nino Kuni, <laughs> the original one, Wrath of the White Witch, which came out back on PS3 back in the day. Uh, then there's a remastered version of it now that's available on everything, and that is the version I have been playing. I'm probably about 10 hours into it. Uh, let me tell you, this game is pretty darn charming. The characters in it are very interesting. The music is pretty darn good. The story is very sad. Uh, I don't know if anybody's ever told you, uh, but the story's sad in this game. It's very, very sad. Uh, like the, Within the first hour, you're like, what in the world, game? Come on. What's, what's going on here? Uh, it kind of has combat that I was not expecting. I knew that having played the second one already, which has action combat, I knew the combat was a big change. And everyone was kind of like, oh, it's more turn-based. And that's not totally true. It actually kind of reminds me in a way of the combat in um, Xenoblade because you like do like say you pick the attack action like your character just attacks as a timer runs until that timer runs out and then you can pick a new action for them to do. So you're not actively like hitting the button. Um, you can cancel it then to try to move to block. But you have a menu of things that you're picking from and you're kind of running around while you're picking what you're going to do. Uh, but you just basically have something that you can cycle through then pick whether you want to do like a magic attack, a physical attack, um, whether you want to block, whatever else you want to do. But in addition to that, Josh, you kind of have Pokemon hmm. because you find these things called familiars that you capture and can name. And then you can like bribe them with food to help level them up and do all these things. And when you start your battle, you pick whether you're going to fight or you're going to send one of your familiars out to fight. And you can recall them at any time and throw out a different one or recall them and just have you run around and do stuff. <laughs> um, yeah. It's, so it's like, oh, huh. I did not actually realize this was part of the combat. But here's what I will say is that the combat is hard. It is not simple. It is not a simple game. You grind like once you get into an area, you when you first get there, you have to be really careful because you will probably die. And you could grind enough to the area you're in by the end of your time there, it's you're pretty confident and creatures will start to run away from you, like when you're in the overworld map and things like that. But goodness gracious, when you first get to areas, like you have to have your wits about you and really think about what you're doing and which creature you're putting out there, what ability you have equipped to them. Like you really have to think about it all of that. And the bummer when you die got to pay 10% of your income to respawn. Woof. So 10% of your gold gone every time you die. And that is always a, uh, uh, that doesn't feel very good when that happens, but Hey, I was really still enjoying it. Um, I'm going to definitely go back to this game, but I don't know when, because, uh, we have this little game called Returnal that we're going to talk mm. about in a second here. And then we have that little game called Mass Effect that's coming out in like a little over a week. And then, you know, there's that Ratchet & Clank game in June. And theoretically, if we wanted to, there's Resident Evil in there. And there's Biomutant in there. And there's something else, I think, in May that I'm forgetting about right now. But So I don't know when I'm going to get back to Nino Kuni, but it's not deleted. And, you know, if you have a PS5, you know that not deleting a game means something. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, uh, it's not deleted. So it'll still, still hang out for a bit. But those are really the games I've been playing. I um, haven't had a chance to play any board games. I have watched, Josh, so many darn rules videos for board games in the last three weeks with this great intent of playing board games. Hmm. And then you realize that I still have this dumb dog that is, I love her dearly, but goodness gracious, like every time I'm like, okay, 
you seem pretty solid in your potty training. She has like three days where things just go horribly wrong. Okay. And I'm like, what's it? What's your deal, dude? And then for the next week and a half or two weeks, she'll be great. But I get in this mode then where I'm like, I don't feel like I can sit down to play a game and not pay attention to you the entire time you're wandering around, you know? So the way the, the partner and I would take turns of like, I will watch the dogs tonight and you can do what you want. And then she will, and then we'll switch. Um, <laughs> but for me, unfortunately, most of those nights I've been like, I have to work. That's exciting. Uh, but that's fine. It is what it is. So those are the video games I've been playing though. And hopefully soon, goodness gracious, this dog will be, have its life figured out <laughs> and recognize where the bathroom is at. And then I'll be able to play more board games again. But yeah. So with that, Josh, uh, Returnal, we're both playing Returnal, this new hot PS5 game. Uh, mm. Only the second true PS5 exclusive after Demon Souls. Yeah. Um, published by PlayStation, developed by Housemark, who you know had really done or made their career on making arcade games um, and high kind of high score chasing games. Um, and that that follow up then is you know now to Returnal, which is their kind of foray, their first attempt at a triple A quote unquote game. Um, I think the there has been to me at least, and maybe it's just the the circles i run in in the media that i follow i feel like this game has been pretty well advertised like i see stuff for it all the time yeah. but maybe yeah. again that's just because it's me so i don't know how much of an in-depth explanation folks need uh, but it is kind of a rogue light game where you are a pilot who's crashed on a planet and you're trying to i find this signal um and then if you die oh look you get to try it all over again um, it has multiple biomes to go through. There's bosses at the end of each biome. Um, but the game, even when it, st- when it starts, the game even says, like, this game is meant to be a challenge. And I don't think they're lying by that comment. But anyway, Josh, <laughs> what are your thoughts on Returnal so far? How much have you played? How far are you? What do you think of it? Uh, how much have I played? Not as much as I want to. Um, Same there, man. Same there. But I think I, I would say... I played a fair bit. I don't know how many hours, but it's funny because there was, I was thinking to myself, I th- I think the more I play it, the worse I'm getting at it. And okay. I think it's because I'm getting too, like... Cocky? Not cocky. No, that's not the word. Um, I'm rushing a little bit to try to get oh. back to certain places. Um, but I don't know if I, I don't want to start there, right? Uh, Returnal is like the perfect... Uh, Ridley Scott video game. <laughs> it's yeah, a perfect okay. HR Giger video game. Uh, it is Prometheus to a T. Um, and I and I don't mean that. I mean it as a compliment to the game. Um, really, it's really helping. It's I don't know. It's not helping me. It's 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 keeping the game. I'm always con- I'm constantly looking at the environment, and I know. That it is, it is certainly inspired by that universe or that art style. So there's so much in the game that, like, it's like it's the Prometheus that we deserved, not the movie that we got. You know, <laughs> it's mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. much better. Uh, the combat I'm really enjoying. Uh, I know I was hesitant to like compare it to Hades, but I do think it's pretty easy to compare it to Hades as far as um, the combat itself goes. Um, but you can constantly dash in Hades, and this is something that you will round out of. Um, I don't think they call it stamina, but maybe they do. 
but I was using my blade a bunch and uh, I just couldn't use it after um, because I was like, we had to like recharge my stamina. Oh, yeah. I didn't even know that was a thing. Became I've never even run into that situation. Now, the thing is about the game, I could have had a parasite on me that was causing that. Uh, so that is also possible. So it, it mixes up. The parasites mix up the game because you, you get access to a lot of these chests, but some of them are uh, malignant chests where they will they have a, a probability. Usually it's moderate to high. Usually it's high. Uh, that something bad will happen to you as well as good. And you kind of have to, some of them, you can, you can make the decision if it's worth it. And most of them, you don't know what the negative effect is going to be. So you have to, you have to gamble with what you're going to do. Um, And I know, well, one of the things that happened to me after I beat a tough bad guy was I had a parasite on me that said, I went to pick up health, but my parasite said anytime you pick up a consumable, you lose health. So I went to pick up the health and I died <laughs> right after killing the guy and getting a new gun, um, which is another interesting thing. The guns are definitely uh, the way that you you have access to a lot of guns potentially in a run, but they're not always better. And you have to make that decision do you want to pick one up to get a new perk you haven't had before or not a perk, but an upgrade or attribute um, or stick with the gun you have? Um, I'm, I'm awful with shotguns, uh, but I also have to appreciate um, how effective they are at close range. It's yes. you, you, if you have a shotgun and, and, and 10 enemies show up on your map, but at the other end of the map, just, call it quits because it ain't not gonna be easy uh you don't you don't unlock your melee for a while i would say at least for me i think it was three runs um and you also slowly unlock other things um i was consistently getting to the boss of the first run and dying uh the boss is uh, rather difficult however Currently, my PlayStation is paused because right before we recorded, I beat the boss and have moved into the next area, which I won't spoil anything uh, for. I don't know how far you got or for people listening, but uh, what I will say, my wife came home and she's like, it is so loud. Why is this so loud? I was like, because the game is better loud. (laughs) (laughs) I can hear everything going on because you need to be aware of your surroundings. Um. The boss, the enemy types are challenging and fun, um, and I, I would say my first four or five runs, I wasn't really, truly getting crazy different um, biomes, but uh, there they have that has changed drastically. Um, I'm walking. The, I actually today I started, and. Um, where my ship, where you start, where the ship is crashed. And there's actually, um, they're called ooblets, right? The, yes. the, the orange things. They were orange things at the crash site, a bunch of them. And that has only happened once. And I don't know if it was like a pity, like you've died enough. Here's some, here's some energy. Or if it was just part of that, 
um, uh, sometimes I've, I've, I've started like once you, you start a new crash site and then you go through a door and that's your first like randomly generated area. And I've started at somewhere. I started at the top of a cliff and you have to like figure out your way and traverse your way down. I've started on one that was just almost all water. And right now I can't go in the water. Apparently I'll be able to eventually, um, yeah, I started I found that out the hard way. Yeah. <laughs> I've started in ones because you start with your handgun. I've started, uh, I walk into a room that has like 30 bad guys in it. Uh, it's been all over the place. And then I've also had runs where I haven't run into bad guys for like five chambers or biomes, whatever you want to call them. Um, so uh, I'm loving how challenging it is to a degree. I'm really worried about where I am now and how challenging it's going to be. Um, uh, I like the the diversity of enemies plus maps per run. Uh, it's just been a lot of fun so far. Tell me about your experience with Returnal. So biomes are kind of the overarching areas. So there's yes. multiple biomes. And then obviously each map kind of self or every time you come back you get a new you know version of rubes and it doesn't take too long it doesn't take too many runs to figure out that there are going to be some um recurring things that you're like oh when i come into this it's going to kind of meander to the left and there's gonna be a little teleport thing and it's going to go up to the right and then yeah. you know it's kind of like almost a checkpoint ish area almost for you uh that you can always come back to and probably is going to lead you some ways to safety potentially I will say I absolutely adore the combat in this game. I think it is so fun. Yeah. Uh, just I agree with you. It is challenging, but I don't think it's unfair. At least I haven't gotten to a point that's been unfair yet. You definitely I have died just being like, I wonder what happens if I do this. And then I die. Yeah. <laughs> like that <laughs> happened to be a couple times, um, which is fine. I'm not in a situation where I've had any ex super, super long runs yet. The runs in general are longer than most roguelites, right? Like if you compare a run of this to a, a run of Hades, it is longer. And I know that's been a lot of, um, there's been a lot of debate about whether that's okay or not. Cause there is no, you can't save in the middle. Yeah. You know, you can put your console in rest mode or you can kind of just pause and come back. Um, but yeah, and I can understand where for some people that would be something they really desire. From what I've played so far, I kind of like the fact that I can't because it really makes me think about what am I going to do? Am yeah. I going to sit down and try to power through this or not? Um, I've gotten nowhere near as many runs as I would like. I think I only probably have seven runs right now. Okay. Um, but I have gotten to the second biome. I actually beat the boss of the first biome on my first try. Ugh, okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and I felt very lucky about that. Um, and I think... <laughs> I, I have one weapon that is my preferred weapon, and I think it's actually kind of cheap and might be slightly overpowered at the low levels. Is it the one that um, when you fire it, it launches those things into the wall? Yes. That's how I beat this game this time. Yes. And that's what I had when I got to the boss the first time. And those things, that weapon is like every time I have it and I go to another thing, another pick up another gun or I go to pick up another gun, I'm like... I see that this is higher level than the one I currently am using, <laughs> but this thing seems pretty good. <laughs> so, yeah. I which I know you, and then you do unlock like experience with every gun, which levels it up more. So then, when you get it, they're gonna be better in the future. So there are advantages to playing with multiple guns to level them all up. But there's also obviously the advantage of like getting to know one gun really, really well. In addition, though, with Returnal, one thing I will say, and I know that some people are probably gonna think this is kind of hogwash, but 
how it implements the abilities of the dual sense to me makes this game more fun to play. Oh yeah, it's it's it makes the game for me. Yeah. It, it's it works so well. Like I really was I was skeptical about the left trigger pull halfway, then pull full for the yeah. alt fire, but it is like absolutely second nature now. And I was always worried about the halfway pull because I was like, is there going to be like a stop there? Like, how is am I going to know when I'm halfway? And there's a distinct stop. Like, there's oh, yeah. a distinct, like, you are halfway and you really do have to pull through to get that second. And the thing I like about it the most is that if you are in a situation, and for me, my secondary fire tends to be my oh crap moment. Where, like, I might be aiming and then realize, crap, I need my secondary fire. Like, it's just there. Like, I don't have to pick a different button. Like, I just pull harder, you know? And, like, it's just done and it happens. Uh, so, I really, really like that and, and how that is incorporated into the dual sense. I think that's a cool feature. Like I said, I was super skeptical about how it was going to work. But I think it works really, really well. Um, and the guns are fun. And I, I agree that your pistol, I think the pistol is actually pretty powerful, surprisingly. Like, I don't know that you're... I think other guns can definitely outwield out it, but I don't know that you're, unless you're facing some of the super big bad guys, that when you're just kind of doing a typical run, so far at least, I, I have found the pistol, the pistol to be pretty reliable. It works pretty well, uh, except for the big red tentacly guys. Well, you got to use the, melee on those guys. Well, I know, but I didn't have my <laughs> melee for the first few times. It took me yeah, a really long time those to get melee. Those are tough the first time you I, I thought, yeah, those guys are, are a bummer. But then I got to the second biome, Josh. <clears throat> And I'm not going to talk about the second biome at all. Good, because I just but got, I got there. But I got there. <laughs> and I, all I'll say is, I, <laughs> this is exactly like, and this happens in this game, right? Like, I just beat the boss. I'm like, this is so exciting. Second biome for the first time. This is cool. And I'm like, running into it. I'm like, oh, what's this little thing over here? I like the fact that the gates in the game tell you, like, this is the main quest. These yeah. are side things. It's up yeah. to you if you want to go do these side things, right? Don't I'm go like, in the contaminated is- ones. <laughs> Those are very I, difficult. <laughs> there's a side thing, and I'm like, oh, I'll go see what that is. And I went into it, and as soon as I went into it, it's like it said dash is disabled. I was like, oh, oh well, that no. seems weird. And there's all these, <laughs> there's all these lasers going. And oh, then I'm yeah. like, oh, well, maybe I can just kind of like walk around these lasers, and it'll be fine. And I took like two steps, and I like sunk in this pool that did da- constant damage to me and slowed me down to like 10 percent of my movement speed, and I just died. Oh no! And I was like. Oh man, it's my like my first time in the second. I never even saw an enemy, Josh. <laughs> like I just got to the second biome. I was like, oh, I'm gonna go do this thing. I just died. Just died. Um, but overall, I'm really enjoying this game. I do think, you know, I know there have been some issues. I haven't run into any bugs or anything. Like everything for me has been super smooth. Oh, I have. Uh, you have run into bugs. Oh yeah, uh, you had. It happened again thing. today. Um, I spawn. And yep. well, actually, the first time it happened, I didn't spawn. But today, when it happened, it was just for me starting the game, and uh, I don't get the prompt to open doors, and they won't open for me. Triangle mm-hmm. button doesn't even pop. Uh, I just can't do anything, so I get stuck in whatever the room I'm in, and I have to restart the game. <laughs> there, I know some people were having issues where they'd be like, "Oh, there's no doors in my room." But sometimes, oh. like you, but you have to like click down the right stick to like do your little map thing, and yeah. then it shows you where they are, and then it's like, and then you can go through them. So I don't know if that works for those situations, um, but yeah, I mean, I've been lucky. I know that there are. I think it might have to do with the DLC suits, is what they theorize. Oh, maybe. I don't know if you're. I don't know if you're using the main suit or if you switch to one of the other suits. I did switch, yeah. 
Okay, so that is one of the theories out there that that's what's causing that issue with doors not opening all the time. Um, but so yeah, there's a couple things they definitely need to get straightened out and fixed. But overall, like frame rate, load times, all of that stuff, like this game is running solid for me. I, I really oh, haven't yeah. had any issues as far as any of that stuff goes. So really enjoying my time with it. Plan to keep playing this bad boy up until probably Mass Effect comes out. That's kind of my plans right now. Uh, anything else you want to say about Returnal, Josh, or any other thoughts? Hmm. I did. Oh, I do have one other bug that keeps happening. It keeps, uh, and I think this is a PlayStation problem. It keeps uh, going LAN connected, LAN disconnected, LAN connected, LAN disconnected. And I, I'm assuming it's a PlayStation issue, but it keeps signing me offline and then online, then offline. So the side of my screen just fills with oh online, gosh. offline, online, offline, online, offline. Um, so I, that might, that's probably just more of a PlayStation issue, but, uh, it's the first game it's happened with. So who knows, but yeah, I'm loving it. It's, it's a lot of fun and I hope, uh, more people give it a shot because it's great and it doesn't even feel like a roguelike. It just feels like a third person shooter in the alien universe. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree there. I agree there. Uh, last question, Josh, about Returnal, hmm. you know, the, the question that everyone's wondering, is it worth $70? Yes. No question. All right. I agree. All right. So that was our mutual topic one. Josh, for mutual topic two, you said that you have I have proposed a game <laughs> for us to play, and I have no idea what this game is. So you I'm don't. scared. And yeah. I probably gonna do bad because I, I don't I when I get put on the spot, I, I blank on things. I am yeah. very good at like trivia things if there's no pressure. But as soon as there's pressure, even just like someone being like, What's the answer to this? I immediately can't remember anything. And I intentionally didn't tell you anything. I You didn't. So l l lay it on me, Josh. What are we doing? All right. So, I mean, I'm calling it a game. It's it's more like an activity. Uh, okay. So it's like Mousetrap? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm stealing this idea and tweaking it from the How Did This Get Played podcast where they cover video games. And they recently did a thing um, where they had to pick... Um, desert island video games, but they had to pick it by generations. Uh, so what we're gonna do is we're gonna start in two thousand to two thousand five, okay. and then if we if we if people like it, we'll do it again. But essentially, I gave you links to each of the years of what at least what Wikipedia has written down for board games that were introduced in these years. Now they might be wrong. Uh, I'm not going to, you know, worry too much about that. And what you have to do, what we both have to do is we're going to pick our desert island board games. But you need to remember this is you need to think you are literally on trapped on a desert island and so, you can only bring one game from each of these years. OK, but here's my quick question. Yes. Like, Does that mean it has to be playable solo? No, you can. I mean, it doesn't have to be if you. If for purposes of playing the game, you can have your ideal player count. They're just trapped okay. there with you. Okay. Um, do I get to pick who those people are? No, you don't get Dang. to pick. In fact, we'll just roll. We'll do a, ra a random um, people roll later to find out who's on the islands with us. <laughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> you don't get to choose. Cool. Okay. Yeah, I can do that. Let's so, do that. Let's do this. We'll start with the year 2000. And remember, you don't necessarily have to pick your favorite game but a game that you think that you could play forever or want to have 
the old want to be have access to it maybe not play forever but okay yeah so if you want more time to look at 2000 we'll start in the year 2000 and then we'll continue from there okay so do you want to start or do you want me to start uh why don't you start okay this is the easiest probably for me uh carcassonne introduced in 2000 easy pick for me that's coming with me a game I can play forever, even though um, we don't have to play forever. But I also think it's different enough from most other board games that I can easily pick other games that aren't the same or same e in the following mm-hmm. years. So I don't have to worry too much about it not getting as much playtime as a game that's similar to it. Right, right, right. So there's a couple, you know, interesting options here. Um, you know, Blockus is a game that came out, and Blockus is a really fun, cool game. I think that it would be an interesting opportunity of a game to bring with. Obviously, I think Carcassonne is probably the front runner. What you'd see most people pick. Yeah. Uh, but you know, Lord of the Rings, um, the 2000 board game has some definite hardcore fans. Uh, as a joke, I was going to pick the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire board game. Um, <laughs> but you know, Josh, all of those pretty good. But I'm actually pick a game that I've never played before in my life, but I hear amazing things about it, and yeah, I've always wanted to play that was it. my and second choice. Star- <laughs> yeah, which is Star Wars The Queen's Gambit. So this game, when you talk about a game having a table presence, not that it's going to matter on a deserted island or a remote, mostly deserted island, because I'm going to need at least one other person to play this game with. Um, this this game has table presence. It looks very cool. It's got like a three-level board to it. Uh, this is just one of those games that's kind of always been on the bucket list of something I want to play. So you know what? Might as well play it on a desert island for the first time. I'm picking Star Wars The Queen's Gambit. Nice. Okay. 2001. We also... I picked the 2000 because they're slim years for game releases. Yeah. (laughs) So I knew... Now, like, I could choose Carcassonne the River, right? I saw that on the river. (laughs) But I don't know that that is... A great idea. So, um, actually, the game that I would pick is designed by the person who you picked last, uh, and I would pick Risk 2210 AD, um, a game that I think a lot of people uh, consider this like a beloved Risk game, but it's also one of the Risks I haven't played. Uh, so I think it would be cool to be able to play a different risk. Um, it adds Antarctica, I believe, um, and some other, uh, different game changes, but, um, I love risk, uh, this, and, you know, I wouldn't want to do like risk legacy on a desert island. Cause like you play that once or you play that the 12 times and then you're done throw it into the ocean i guess <laughs> so <laughs> I, I i wouldn't want to choose that but uh yeah risk 2210 ad uh is a game that uh it's on my risk list and i would bring that because you could play risk for a long time you could play risk for a long time and that is a fun version of risk i have played it it is it is pretty darn good um so here's my question for you I'm trying to remember, Carcassonne the River, is that just an expansion or is that a standalone game? Well, now you can only get it with the river, so I would consider it an expansion. Right. Uh, And it probably wasn't when it came out, but now it just is included in Included, that's what I thought. Okay. 
So if I pick that, though, then I'm just getting Carcassonne, right? Yeah, I think in this situation we would make it so to. that. Well, I'm not going to pick that. I was thinking <laughs> about it. I'm actually going to go a different direction. And another game that um, I have not played before, but I've always wanted to play. And there, mm, I don't know if you'll let me take the second edition of it, but I'd like to take the second edition instead of this <laughs> one. Uh, but that is Medina which is an abstract strategy game that is pretty well regarded and pretty well known. And since I am on a deserted island, I'm going to assume there's a lot of sand. And Medina has you rebuilding um, a city that in the desert. So I feel like it kind of goes hand in hand, right? Like might as well, I could yeah. put some, I could just play it in the dirt or, or on the sand. Like might as well just go ahead and do that. Um, so yeah. I'm going to pick Medina. So the reason, though, too, is that the this version of it, I think, is only for three and four players, and they didn't release the two-player rules until the, the second edition of it. So that might, you know, play into mm. which one I am allowed to bring with me. But Medina um, is, I think, where I would go for 2001. Okay. Very cool. So, all right. We're moving on to 2002. Now, I, I don't want to... There's so many games that I would. I want to make it different enough that I don't have to worry about these uh, crossovers. But what I want, I'm gonna also pick. Uh, do I? I'm gonna pick this, and I think. I guess it's not really a cheat. I haven't played it. I can imagine there's a lot of gameplay to it. I'm picking Dungeons and Dragons, the fantasy adventure board game. Oh, interesting. Tell me more. Why is that what you're picking? Well, I feel like it must give you enough to get Dungeons and Dragons in general. So even if the game is terrible, we have the basic uh, proponents to our own D&D campaign. <laughs> um, but I like the idea of, of dungeon-themed uh, games and... You know, it's probably not as good as the, the Dungeons & Dragons stuff they're putting out now. Uh, but you still get to choose one of four heroes. You get your own special abilities. There's attack die, traps. Uh, it's like Gloomhaven, Gloomhaven Light. <laughs> so I think it could be fun to have a D&D &D game. And, and uh, if I am stuck there with people uh, who are playing with me, maybe either D&D &D makes it more enticing or less enticing to certain people. <laughs> That's a good pick. That's a good pick. This is a tough year, actually. There's a lot of things in here that um, I kind of want to go to. If it, I want to go super heavy, I could go Age of Steam, yeah, which is something that's very heavy. I could go with Civilization, the the initial board game version of that. Uh, you know, uh, I could go Star Wars Epic Duels because Josh, yeah. you, know, you love Unmatched so much that I could go that route. I could go Wallenstein. There's like a lot. Oh, Hero Click, Josh. Hero Clicks. We can I know, go Hero but it's, Clicks. It's like a specific Hero Clicks thing. I thought about that too. <laughs> it's not like just Hero Clicks in general. Right. I. I mean, if it was, but ugh. so all things considered, though, when all is said and done, I mean, I have to go with Puerto Rico. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, Puerto Rico is such a darn good game. It's a game I actually have played, and it is a game I really enjoy. Um, so, heck, I could even bring my own copy of the game with me. I wouldn't even need a new one. Uh, but it is a heavy game, you know, but I'm going to be out, you know, sitting on the sand. Um, 
I'm assuming, hopefully, having some cocktails. I don't know. What did you do on a desert, <laughs> deserted island? <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, Puerto Rico, um, just, oh, goodness gracious. Kind of a classic, right? You know, I think top 100 easy overall on Board Game Geek. Um, just a, a really, really stellar game. So, for me, that's a pretty easy pick. There's a lot of other potential options. Uh, but I think Puerto Rico is where I am going. Cool. Okay, so 2003, here we go. This was an easy one for me. Uh, Alhambra is the game I would pick for 2003. Still one of my favorite games that uh, that I have and have played. It's uh, simple and yet complex. There's uh, Alhambra building management. You need to make be making the smart moves on if you're taking... Uh, what you're taking as far as um, buying air, uh, buying different colored properties and where you're putting them and scoring. And uh, yeah, and it's different all the time because it's bag tile placement, so you never know what you're getting when you pull stuff out. And uh, I guess it looks like it's around a deserted town. <laughs> so desert <laughs> and sand. Uh, but yeah, I think I, I love Alhambra. Uh, so that's the one I would pick from this list. Although there are two other games that were very close to being two other games, that eh? Pick. Huh? I wonder what those other games. I know what I'm gonna- one I, I haven't have- played and one I have. Interesting, interesting. So Alhambra was definitely the first game that stuck out at me. I really love Alhambra. It is a good game. There's a whole bunch more Carcassones on here. This is yes. tough because I I want to really would want to pick the second edition of this game so i don't know if that works but that's what i'm hoping (laughs) but i'm oh well i guess i'll just stick with the first edition then that's going to be a game of thrones yes that's right way back in 2003 uh there was a very good game of thrones board game made by the folks over at fantasy flight um and you know there is a updated second edition that came out in like 2011 or something like that but Oh, goodness gracious, this game is a good one. Um, it is a really cool strategy game. It, it, it kind of, you know, negotiation, bluffing, all of the things that you would expect in the world of Game of Thrones put into a board game. Um, like I said, I, I think the second edition is probably a little more appreciated. Um, it is a super, super heavy game. Again, uh, I, I guess the nice thing is it's going to have to be, you know, at least two other people coming to this island because yeah. it only plays three <laughs> people. But it also is a really long game, which who cares? We're deserted on an island, right? So it's going to be a great way to pass some time. Um, so a Game of Thrones would be what I would go with. Was that one of your two other ones? Yes. What was the other then? The Warcraft board game, which I've never played, but I've heard it's like a grail game for a lot of people. Hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, you know, having never played Warcraft in any way, shape, or form, uh, I'm not super into that. So, but I'm glad <laughs> others enjoy it. So, yeah, a Game of Thrones, and you know what? The nice thing is, even if we went to that deserted island now, it really wouldn't matter if they ever finished the book because, uh, it, or I should say, I wouldn't have to worry about them ever finishing the book because <laughs> I don't really think it's ever going to happen. So, there we go. There you go. It's never going to happen. Uh, yes, 2004 is going to be a tough year to pick. However, uh, so I had to decide if my pick fits being stuck on a deserted island, if there'd be a better choice. But based on the games I picked so far, I think I'm 
okay in picking Betrayal at House on the Hill, which is the game I would want to pick. However, um, Ticket to Ride seems like maybe we want a lighter game, but I think Alhambra covers that for me a little Mm bit. Uh, Santorini. um, If I picked a game that I've never played, I've heard where the ring is incredible. So those would be some other ones I would want. Doom, the board game. Um, But I have to pick uh, Betrayal at House on the Hill because I love it so much. That's a good pick. That's a good pick. This is a really good year, Josh. There are a really large number of things that you can take. Betrayal at House on the Hill is a great pick. I'm trying to think of the games I've already taken. and I've taken pretty heavy games in general (laughs) at this point. So something like Ticket to Ride or Suro is definitely appealing. And it would be really odd for us to end up on a desert island and be like, oh, desert island games and not have Ticket to Ride, right? That seems like it'd be weird. Right. But I don't know (laughs) if I'm going to pick Ticket to Ride, Josh, because like you said, you know, if I could have all the expansions or something like that, I I might pick it. Um. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of tempted in some ways to pick Reef Encounter. But, again, I already have a ton of pretty heavy games. You could pick so Power I, Grid. <laughs> I could. I, right. And then Power Grid, another game that's on this list that's very, very good. Um, and, I, and I have played and I enjoy very, very much. But, Josh, I think I'm going to change things up. Go a little lighter and pick a game that I have never played but have always wanted to play. And I'm going to pick Memoir 44. Wow. Okay. So, Memoir 44, dear listener, a two, actually you can have way more than that, but mostly a two-player uh, light war game that revisits the battles of D-Day. Um, so, it, it's a game that I have often looked at, um, really thought about many, many times, and just have never really had a person who I thought would want to play the game with me, so I have never picked it up as a result. But hey, guess what? If we're stuck on a, on a deserted island... Yeah, what are they going to do? Say no? Uh, What are they going to do? Say no? Right, exactly. So I'm going to go ahead and pick Memoir 44. And it actually plays up to eight players, so maybe I can get some extra additional people to come with me. Um, But yeah, that's where I'm going, which I think kind of flies in the face of all these other options here, which are very, very good. Uh, War of the Ring I skipped because I already have, you know, a Lord of the Rings game. So Memoir 44, that's where I'm going. Nice. Okay. Well... What am I going to pick for 2005? I'll tell you what I'm not going to pick. I'm not going to pick Twilight Struggle. (laughs) Okay, okay. (laughs) That would be crazy. Uh, I think... Now, I don't have too many heavy games. So, uh, I also don't... like. I'm anticipating... Maybe I won't pick Gloomhaven. So, maybe I shouldn't be anticipating picking Gloomhaven. So, I think I'm going to pick... Um, Descent Journeys in the Dark. Wow. Okay. Uh, okay. A game I've really always wanted to play. A game that I know is is uh, supposedly a great uh, dungeon crawl. And I don't. I think when Descent Two is out, there's other like when we get to that. If we get to that year, I, I'm thinking there's probably other games I would rather have in that year. So I think going with Descent Journeys in the Dark is a safe choice to have a nice we could go into a cave on the island and play with torches around us and fully get get immersed in (laughs) the game 
There again, this is a year that has some pretty pretty solid games in there. Glory to Rome is a game I've always wanted to play. Um, you know, a card-based city building game that just seems really cool and I and I know is well loved. Obviously, Twilight Struggle um is a you know, again, an only two-player game, but darn, I have so many like heavy games already, and I just picked kind of a mostly two-player game um with Memoir 44, so I don't know if that's the right pick. Um but you know what, Josh, when I look at these games and I look over this list, there's one game that really is sticking out to me and and a game that you know, I think it's left out too often when we talk about, um, you know, games where there's maybe some bluffing going on or some <laughs> cooperation slash semi-cooperation going on. Uh, and I'm going to pick Shadows Over Camelot. Uh, this is a game that I have owned for I can't tell you how long, but I've never gotten to the table because it requires at least three players. Oh, you haven't played it. I I've love never played this Shadows game. Over Camelot. Yeah, I, I've heard really great things about it. It's a game that I really want to desperately play. But again, like it was a, that three player thing is has always, you know, kind of been the Achilles heel there in getting this game to the table. And I, I always feel bad. Like if we invite people over to play games, almost universally. I'm going to play games with them that I have played before because I'm usually the person teaching the rules. I hate teaching rules when I have never played the game and no one else at the table has played the game. Like that just really bothers me. And I don't feel like it always ex makes a great experience for everyone. Um, and since this is one of those games that takes three players, I've never had the opportunity to play it prior to having a group together. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, but this would be my pick from 2005. A lot of other great options, but I think to kind of round out the collection, again, a little bit of a heavier game. You know, I'm definitely um, slanting a little heavy overall, but to get some, you know, cooperative slash semi-cooperative action in there, Shadows Over Camelot is where I'm going. Good pick. If I had seen that, I would have picked it. I just, I, I glanced right past it. Oh no. Well, then I'm <laughs> That's glad. That's okay. I, are we going to the same deserted island? I mean, we can be in this situation. <laughs> okay. Because part of me was like, can I pick the same game? But I'm like, if we're going to the same island, that seems redundant. So I don't want to do that. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe if we were on the same flight, you know, you know that flight. Uh, right. The, uh, the same flight, the one that was going you to know that one. No, no, no. The other one. Oh, okay. Oceanic. I don't understand, Josh. From Lost. Oh, I, I, Josh, I've never watched Lost. <gasps> what? What? Oh, my I, goodness. How have you I not watched, watched like Lost? One, I watched one episode. I'm like, man, I'm bored, and I stopped watching it. Did you watch the first episode? You just no. start watching a random, <laughs> random, random episode of Lost? Episode, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. This is boring. Right, I know. I was like, this is dumb. I'm done. <laughs> So I've never watched okay. Lost. Plus, with how it ended, it seems like I never have to watch it because I'm going to be just super disappointed anyway. No shows end good, and I still like the ending. You can't shows can't possibly ever meet the demand of their fans, especially if it's like a six plus year show. I don't know that that's totally true. Name a show that lasted longer than five years that had a good ending. That is I'm tough. I'm putting man. you on the spot. <laughs> that is tough. You can't even say How I Met Your Mother, a show that should have been easy to end. Well, I never saw How You Met Your Mother either. Oh, so <laughs> Maybe Friends? Friends has an okay ending. Uh, yeah, Friends is okay. Um, um, I don't know that there's very many. Six Feet Under? Yeah, do you like, you like the end to that? I think it was more than five seasons. And I don't, I don't think it ended poorly. Uh, like, I think I it was pretty was. solid. Okay. It's been a long time since I watched that show, though, too. So I'm tr honestly trying to kind of remember. But I don't think, I mean, I think it was fine. 
You know, we're definitely not going to say Dexter, that's for sure. We can't say Dexter, we can't say Battlestar Galactica, we can't say Sopranos, we can't say... See, some people really <laughs> like the end of the Sopranos, though. I have never met one of those people. <laughs> oh, really? Like, I think, I, I thought I've seen some people who, like... You might have, seen... I just have never met yeah. them. <laughs> I, I will agree. I think that overall, like, I don't think, and I know that some people, like, don't like Friends, but I don't think that, I think the ending to Friends is, is pretty decent. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Um, as far as things go. You're, I mean, I guess you're right. I'm not saying ends are easy overall. They're, they're not easy, over, excuse me, overall, but. Um, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I like so. the ending to last. And I'm, I know I'm in the minority in that, but I like the ending. Yeah. Um. Oh, shoot. It wasn't more than five years. Because I was going to say The Wire. But I think there was only actually four seasons, oh. even though it was, took more than. Four yeah, I actually years. I like the ending to well, Breaking Bad, so I guess that's something else you haven't seen. Uh, so I guess that's something that, else that I haven't seen. <laughs> it is something else I haven't seen. It's uh, true. Anyway, so yeah, watch last. You should watch it. I've already watched the. I've watched it from beginning to end at least four times. Dang. Yeah, <laughs> and if they ever put a, a HD DVD release, I will own it again. But I own the big Blu-ray collector set, which has like the board game that it's played in the game inside of it and stuff like that too. So okay. I'm a big Lost nerd. Okay, well we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I have a lot of things I'm supposed to watch and a lot of things I'm supposed to play. Uh, so, <laughs> so we'll see what I get to. Um, it's just hard because like the partner and I, we always talk about like we have extremely different tastes in what we like. Yeah. So it's really hard. Like I, we both feel bad being like, well, I'm gonna watch this thing I want to, and you go watch that thing you want to. So we try to find stuff that we both want to watch, and then it always ends up being things that we're both kind of okay with. And then by the time I'm like sitting down to be able to watch what I want to, I was like, well, I have like a half hour before I have to go to bed. So it just makes it really <laughs> hard to get caught up on stuff. But I'm not gonna lie, Josh. I'm looking forward to this mini one season revival of Dexter. Yeah. Because I don't really think they can make it any worse. Uh, yeah. No, I, I really don't think they can, Josh. Okay. Like, so realistically, <laughs> no matter, almost no matter what they do, is going to have to end better than it did. Like, think about that. Like, I mean, could they, sure, maybe there's something they could do that would make it be worse. But in general, yeah. I think the overwhelming sentiment is they would have to really, really mess up to make it worse. Like, yeah. really bad. So, I feel like no matter what, it's going to be better. Now, it might not be significantly better, but I think sure. it's going to be better. So I hope so. I hope so. They, they, hope filmed, so they filmed it here. Uh, oh, did they really? Yeah, which is pretty cool. Yeah, they just released the first little teaser trailer for it. So Yes, I did watch that. Awesome. All right. Well, hey, Josh, this was fun. I would like to do this again. So I think cool. this was really cool. So thanks for bringing it. Um, we do have just another couple short topics to wrap things up with. So, Josh, what is your one other topic you brought this week? Okay, an oldie, but is it a goodie? As I wrote, and whenever I read what I write, I feel like I have to say that I wrote it because it always sounds stupid. <laughs> uh, Catan, or Catan, Treasures, Dragons, and Adventures expansion is arriving in English this summer, uh, it was originally released uh, in Germany in 2009, so uh, it's a significantly older game. Uh, so this is via Dicebreaker.com. So the, it's a classic expansion for Catan that uh, originally released. I'm not going to try to pronounce it. Uh, they contain six different scenarios that require both the main game as well as seafarers and cities and knights. So you actually need two other expansions. Or one. No, I think, is that one full expansion? Seafarers that is two, different. That is two okay. different. It is two yep. different ones. 
Um, yeah, so uh, you have uh, uh, you'll be fighting dragons and hunting for loot on smaller islands around the game board. It actually, makes the board bigger and act- and creates a separate island from this like almost like peninsula um, of a board as well. So it's pretty interesting. Um, there's additionally there are twelve new terrain hexes for you to use when you construct your board, which has uh, forests, hills, pastures, fields, and mountains. Comes with two frame pieces, 16 cities, 20 treasure tokens, 9 canal pieces, 12 alternative number tokens. Um, they also also features a collection of 19 dragons designed to be used alongside the previously mentioned scenarios, uh, which were previously only accessible digitally. Uh, so I don't know how this is. I will say I am one of those people, just like Carcassonne. Uh, Catan, I've never played with an expansion. Um, and I just never see the need to do that. (laughs) And I've heard there's some great ones. I heard there's some not so great ones, but honestly, with, we went through years where we played Catan every week. Literally, like it was incredible, and I would die for a Catan legacy game. But uh, I don't feel the need to, especially for $47, buy an expansion. <laughs> How about you? Have you played Catan with expansions? Do you own any? Do you have the desire to play with expansions? I do have some expansions uh, for Catan, and it is fun with expansions, but I think it is something that is better if you have people. Uh, who have played Catan quite a bit before, and then you go to the expansion route. I think that can be fun. It is interesting to me that you have to have these other two expansions in order to buy this, which I guess, you know, hey, A, package it together, but then it doesn't make sense for someone who already has it that they have to buy everything. But it just seems weird that it's like, oh, yeah, not only do you need the base game, which most expansions say, but you also need this expansion. Oh, yeah, and this other expansion. That all has to be on the box before you buy it. This is interesting to me. Uh, I was trying to decide if I wanted to try to do this German, but I was like, well, the Siedler von Katan, Schatze, Drachen, and Entdecker. That's what I think it's going to be. I think that's the long eight. Nailed it. But 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 that was Schatze, then Schatze, Draken? Would be Draken then. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. German. Long time since I took German. Uh, but this is cool. I, I would definitely consider getting this. This is something that, since I have the expansions already necessary, I think I am more likely to pick this up maybe than, obviously, someone like yourself who would have to buy all of this other stuff in addition. Um, so, like, the kind of sunk cost for me is already there. And having some sort of scenario-based thing is cool and fun. And that's kind of a little bit what happens with seafarers because you kind of start venturing out and, you know, islands are in different places depending on what setup you use. And it's kind of cool. So this is neat. I I honestly didn't even know this existed, uh, probably because it was never in English. And, you know, (laughs) why am I going to know it's not in in the United States? Because I'm an American and we often don't care and it's not that i didn't care i just didn't know uh so yeah i'm i will definitely look into this 47 bucks is uh maybe a bit steep for how often i play katan uh but it's definitely something i'm gonna look at that's for sure nice very cool well there you go old game is new again old game is new again it's amazing how that company 
pretty much just makes Catan stuff, and that is all they do. And they can How totally lucky. just do that. I know, How right? lucky. Yeah. All right, Josh. My one story I'm bringing to you. <laughs> I'm just going to go out on a, on a limb here and say I'm going to sound like an old for a while, so I apologize to all our listeners, but I'm going to sound like an old. Uh, this is coming from Dicebreaker. <coughs> Excuse me. So it sounds like that, uh, according to Hasbro CEO Brian Goldner, that Magic the Gathering is going to start looking at potentially incorporating NFTs <laughs> into their business model. Now, Josh, you're also an old, but you're a smart old person. So you, That's do, you understand, <laughs> do you understand how NFTs, or listener, if you've never heard of them, non-fungible tokens work? Yeah, I mean to a degree. I don't right. I don't fully understand, but I get the gist of it. Okay, so let me let me clarify now. Is the reason you say you don't fully understand is because you've had it explained, you repeat back your understanding and someone says yes and then you say that doesn't make any sense. No. Because that's why I don't understand it <laughs> because the very idea of what you're doing literally doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I've done. I've only learned about it through my own research, so I haven't like had someone feel like like physically explain it to me. So I didn't have the ability to say things like that. Like that doesn't make sense. I just had to think that those okay. things. Okay. Um, I particularly felt old because I got really mad when I saw Kevin Smith start his own NFT business, and that this and. And then learning about what NFTs do to the environment. Oh my and gosh, they're so bad. Hearing him defend that. This is a guy who went vegan and promotes veganism and all these different things, defending creating NFTs really left a sour taste in my mouth for someone who I really like idolize as a professional. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and there's a lot of other things that bug me about NFTs, but uh, I can't even like, I, I didn't even think that magic could enter this arena. And I can't even imagine what a headache it would create if they do it. Right. Because I don't know to me, the, there, the value, how do I want to say this? So if you're on Twitter and you know who Boss Logic is, um, or if you're not, you might know him from he did the the live drawing of the Assassin's Creed Valhalla reveal. But he's a pretty pretty well renowned um, graphic artist, which mostly picked up over Instagram and Twitter or social media in general. He started doing NFTs and and he started charging anywhere from a dollar for an original art, well, not an original, a copy of art to 15000 to $25,000 to $100,000 for an NFT of an image he drew. And part of me gets angry that people are charging this much money for what the product is. <laughs> right. Because you're it, really, it's insane really, to me. You're really paying for a certificate of authenticity that says you own a thing that's available to everyone, right? Except you 
are the one who owns the original, and everyone else's will be a copy. <laughs> it's like having a watermark. Right. Like you have the one without the watermark. You can resell it. No one else can sell what you bought. They can't sell the original copy. Kevin Smith put his movie. He's selling his movie, a film, which he is not going to release. He's going to sell their film rights as an NFT. And then people were mad at him. And he goes, oh, don't worry. I'm going to put into the stipulations that they have to distribute it. I'm like, well, what if someone bought it who can't afford to distribute it? Right. They're not going to do that. Right. <laughs> so yeah. you, you can... Uh, I don't know. I, I I do feel like old man yelling at cloud. I hate NFTs. And when I learned what they do to the environment, it made me more angry. <laughs> it, yeah, like people I, like, what do you mean NFTs do bad to the environment? It's digital. No. <laughs> yes, it is. Bless you. But it's the way that it, I don't even know. The way that it is made consumes so much energy which is just insane that that is because it uses ethereum which is another cryptocurrency specific to nfts and if you're familiar with the data mining in bitcoin you know that that uses a lot of energy and this uses more than bitcoin which is crazy and no yeah. i'm not explaining it to anybody because <laughs> i just barely have a grasp on it it it's just a really it it very clearly is they want to they're looking for just another way to make money yeah you know which in one way i can understand but another way is just very mm, i it really seems like it, it it is getting to a level of complexity and the the trade-off is to me just doesn't seem worth it like i i i really really don't understand the and i've read a lot about it to be honest because i was trying to to more clearly understand like the reasoning and the rationale behind why cryptocurrency and nfts and things like why people are so passionate about it because the people who are like them are really passionate about them they think they're the greatest thing ever and i just don't quite grasp and maybe it's because i am too old and i am too short-sighted but goodness gracious it just hmm, this is something i really feel like we're going down uh, a potentially dangerous path with this and it makes me to be honest a little worried about you know the future of games and 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 you know when when places like Hasbro are saying like yeah NFTs could work for Magic, you know you already see how much Magic cards are in general sometimes and now if we start going and you know maybe it's just gonna be the art or whatever but if we start getting the actual cards being like you have the original card, you know this is the one and only original of this card from this set, how much are you going to pay for it? Um, yeah, that just seems like a slippery dangerous slope to me yeah ethereum is trading at three thousand dollars a share right now oh i believe it i believe <laughs> it i believe it so it's insane <laughs> it is insane it really is but yeah i don't know 
I don't know. I also do wish it just didn't, Exist. you know, well, destroy the planet. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty bad. There but really is. Maybe it'll just be a trend. I mean, maybe. Maybe it'll just be a trend. <laughs> but anyway, so there you go. Maybe one day you'll be able to own an NFT for some magic card, everyone. Look forward to that. Yeah. All NFTs. right, Josh. Prediction time. Obviously, we're recording on Sunday night. <laughs> yeah. We uh, this little podcast will post on a good old Tuesday. So, uh, Josh, what do you think is going to be announced between now and when this podcast posts? What's okay. supposed to be the hot news in gaming? Well, here's what I'm thinking. So, Pokemon Snap just came out Friday. It did. Uh, to my knowledge, and I wouldn't know this because I don't follow Nintendo. I don't think we have uh, a big Nintendo release coming at least before E3, to the console. So I feel like maybe, I know I'm going to feed, I'm going to buy into those rumors, that maybe we'll get an announcement for a Nintendo Direct. Just kind oh. of highlighting um, some games that will be coming out, uh, potentially uh, at E3, premiering at E3, um, or something like that. I really feel like uh, we'll see something. I don't know what. All right. That's a good one. That's a good one. I'm going to kind of go down the same route a little bit. And we have not, I know we have heard, and actually it was just recently announced that Konami is no longer going to be attending mm. E3. But we have not heard of what EA's plans specific to that time are, right? Like we know they have not been announced for E3, but they used to do their EA Play thing. So I think EA is going to come out and tell us what they're going to do this summer. Like, what is their summer thing going to be? Is it going to be an EA play? When's it going to be? Kind of all that stuff. So that's what I think we're going to hear is, is what their plans are for the summer. Because, you know, we're in May now, Josh. This, we're not too far away from E3, really. We're a little over a month out at this point. So I think it's yeah. our time to start hearing these things. So that's my prediction. Uh, what is EA going to be doing? Cool. All right. With that, we're moving on to questions. Josh, we have a question. We do. We actually had a question last week, but I forgot it. <laughs> okay. Well, hey, let's do it this time. Uh, so, uh, Paul, our listener, Mr. Paul Calicote, sent us an email, which is why I forgot. That's on me, not on the email. Um, so, he says, uh, hello, Josh and Kyle. Hope you y'all are doing well. P.S. P.S. is doing the, that Stay Inside initiative. PlayStation. PlayStation, thank you, is doing that Stay Inside initiative and have released nine out of the ten games to download for free. I chose to check out Subnautica, and I'm really enjoying myself. So you crash on a Kevin Costner world, a.k.a. a water world. Not just a Kevin Costner world. That would be interesting. That would <laughs> be fun. Kevin Costner everywhere. In all his roles. Uh, <laughs> oh, that would be so amazing. Could you imagine that? Oh, that'd be so good. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> and uh need to survive by gathering resources and maintaining a hunger, thirst, and health meter. Have y'all checked out this game? And how do y'all feel about survival games in general? Keep up the great content. Well, thank you, Paul. Uh well, this kind of blew up on our Discord over the past week and a half or so, two weeks, and even on the Flux to Pose Discord, which is our good buddies Jason and Lucas, uh where um one of uh, the the uh, subscribers had not only discovered Subnautica, but also beaten it. He loved it so much. And then Paul kind of jumped in 
it reminded us, reminded me about this game uh, a few days ago. Um, I think I tried it like a long time ago. Maybe when it came out, um, maybe there's an early access on Xbox, I think. Um, I didn't really give it too much of a chance. I kind of just checked it out. It was it, it looked cool. It was underwater. Um, but based on what everyone else is saying, at least between Paul and Tom Servo on the Fluxibos Discord, um, I really I did download it to give it a, a, a fair shot, which I'll probably do this upcoming weekend at some point, probably in between Returnal runs. Um, <laughs> but I will say... Paul does ask, how do we feel about survival games in general? And I will say, I'm not good at survival games, so I generally don't enjoy playing them. Um, I mean, I've heard this compared to No Man's Sky as well, and I really did love No Man's Sky, but I think I loved it more for the exploration possibilities than I did for the survival stuff. That was the stuff that annoyed me. I was like, can I just get fuel for my ship and go? Like, right. I just want to go. So, I mean, I've tried other games like State of Decay and um, countless other survival games because I want to like them. But uh, for me, um, I just get frustrated because I guess I'm I'm not a good planner and I typically don't do well in these games. Uh, yeah. Have you played Subnautica and how do you feel about survival games in general? I have not played Subnautica. It is a game I do want to play, though. Actually, a streamer I watched back in the day used to play Subnautica all the time, which is very odd that I would watch their streams, even though it was a game I had never played. <laughs> uh, and really wasn't like actively being like, I wonder if I'm going to play this game. But watching them play it, I found that it was kind of interesting. Uh, and it was something I kind of always kept my eye on. So I'm definitely interested. I did, you know, purchase it, if you would. Uh, for a, So I have it. Um, and now that they have the new version of it coming out, which is nice, that's available in the middle of May. Um, that was at the PlayStation State of Play. Um, I, I definitely kind of want to check it out. I'm usually not good at survival games. Uh, I've only played a few of them and I like them. I'm just really bad at them. And that's what is always the, the bummer for me, uh, especially like Don't Starve. And then what was the one where you're on the river, the raft? Uh, and you're going anyway. I anyway. I, oh, fire in the flood. Flame in the flood. Flame in the flood. Yeah. yeah, I think so. Yeah, which I really like too. Like I thought it was really fun. I'm just so darn bad at those games that for some reason, um, you know, I I can't just usually grok them very well. I do enjoy the like the resource collection and grinding of like getting things to build something like that part of games i've always really enjoyed of just going out being like i need a thousand logs well i'm gonna go chop down a thousand logs today like that part of games like in minecraft especially and stuff i've always really enjoyed so that kind of part of getting the resource gathering and all of that stuff i'm all about but when i need to eat i need to drink and i need to sleep um, unless it's really easy, <laughs> like eating, drinking, and sleeping, um, I, I tend not to gravitate too much towards those games. But I'm glad you're enjoying it, Paul. Um, and like I said, I'm definitely going to check it out since I have it. And I thought that the the fact that this has a specific narrative pulling you through, I think, would make it a little bit easier for me rather than just live as long as you can. Um, so, yeah, for sure. Well, thanks so much, Paul, for sending in the question via email, boardwithvg at gmail. Remember, you can always reach out to us on Twitter, too, at boardwithvg, because um, we'd love to include you in the show. With that, we're going to move on to our recommendations for a well-rounded life. Obviously, we're a gaming podcast, but we want to leave you with one other recommendation or thing we're currently into that is helping us live that balanced life. Now, Josh says he wants to get serious with his, so I'm going <laughs> to go first, because I didn't know if I could go 
uh, after Josh, depending on how serious he gets. So I want to make a recommendation. And Josh, this recommendation, I'm going to start by saying, I'm not saying this is good. Yeah. But I have really enjoyed it. And I didn't think I was going to. I thought it was going to be really cheesy. And it is. But darn it, if I'm really not liking Mighty Ducks Game Changers on Disney Plus, oh, no. <laughs> it is so saccharine. It is so predictable. It is like every trope and thing that you could possibly imagine in a show. It, it, it's everything you think it's going to be for the most part. But darn it, if I don't smile the entire time I'm watching it. The best friend on the show. I don't know. I can't remember the actor's name. I don't even remember his name. Evan, I think might be his name in the show. Um, he is hilarious and his comic timing is very, very good. His line delivery is amazing. Like he, like when he like cracks jokes on the show, I legitimately laugh. I find him to be hilarious. Have you watched the, did you ever watch the trailer for it? I've watched the trailer. Yeah. Yeah. He's the one who's like, I have more of what you call a podcast body. Like that kid is hilarious. He is so funny in the entire show. (laughs) So like, I get it. People are going to be like, uh, this isn't definitely not like high television right this isn't showing you the limits of like what quality television can be but if you just want to sit down and watch a show and have some fun and kind of forget about like all the dumb things that are going on in the world uh mighty ducks game changers will help you do that i will say the thing that i find interesting um is that in interviews because this show happens in minnesota uh emilio there was a lot of conversations about what the show should or should not address as far as what was happening in Minneapolis. Emilio Estevez really pushed the show and pushed Disney um, to address some of the things that have happened there. Like in the show, he felt there was an obligation for that to happen. And Disney said, no, they said, that's not what this show is all about. And I both, I see it both ways in this situation that I think it could have been a valuable resource. Like, especially if you watch things like, um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, you you do see Disney starting to tiptoe, tiptoe, I will say, um, into addressing social issues. There are some things in this show um, that show, Dis- show Disney is um, at least maybe uh, from a light platitude standpoint, addressing issues of, of diversity, inclusion and equity. Um, but I think it would have been a cool an opportunity um, for them to maybe do some more there. Uh, but with that being said, you know, they said that their this show is meant to be an escape and it does serve directly as that. So it, it's kind of one of those things that like I applaud and, and I think it's great that Emilio Estevez did push on that. And he even has come out in interviews criticizing Disney of this um, after the fact. But I, as a result, I am not super confident there's going to be a second season. <laughs> um, but like I said, if you're looking for, for something lighthearted, you know, to kind of take your mind off everything, um, there's my lighthearted recommendation. Yep, go check nice. it out. I guess if you want it now, Josh, I'm gonna let you get serious. It's not. That's not. I'm not like. <laughs> I don't know. Any well, anyways. All right. So listen, it's uh, whether we like it or not. Um, it looks like the the we everything is going back to a state of normality. Um, and I know that a lot of people maybe aren't necessarily prepared for that. So what I want to say is, uh, make some time for yourself and prepare yourself for, for what 
is happening. You have to live in a world where people are and are not choosing to get vaccinated. And if you are not choosing to get vaccinated, that is certainly your choice. But I think that also means that you need to be a little bit more aware of your own personal surroundings and well-being. Um, and I'm hoping that you're still trying to be safe around other people. But unfortunately, it doesn't sound like most people who choose not to get vaccinated aren't thinking that way. Um, but that is it is what it is. Um and I think it's important to to reassess your mental health and where you are at. Uh, because, I mean, it's been over a year. A lot of people had to adapt. A lot of people lost their jobs. People lost uh, friends, loved ones. Um, and some people, you know, went through some some serious things in general. So I don't know. I think you might get to a point where you're comfortable with not so many people or you're getting anxiety because you're around a lot of people and you're still not fully comfortable and you're going to start finding yourself in spots where you can't control that. You can't necessarily choose quiet mark grocery stores to go to or places to get food or go for a walk. Um, and you're, you're going to see a lot more people not wearing masks. And if you're not comfortable with that, it can be a huge, like, anxiety thing for people. So I think it's like a reevaluation time, right? Sit down, think about where you are, where you want to be. And um, I don't know, like, the best way to, to phrase um, that, but... For me, it's been going back to the doctors. So if you haven't gone to see your doctor or any of your doctors in over a year, it's time to go out and do that uh, because you need to get yourself checked and talk talk to your doctors. And and I've had a really tough time talking to my doctors because like I went through a really scary thing in in the pandemic where i was depressed and i was i was intentionally not taking my medication and i was thinking i just kind of wanted to be done with everything and that came with me talking to my doctors about like what i was thinking and why i was thinking it and i wasn't worried about not being around for my son and my wife i was just kind of like done with everything Luckily, I came out of that, but I know a lot of people might be thinking similarly or had thoughts in me getting out and seeing my like primary care doctor was actually a really big help for me because I actually felt like someone that I don't normally see was talking to me and asking me questions. And and I think that was very helpful. So if you can get out, try to get out of your pandemic funk um, and at least, uh, go see your doctor or, or talk to somebody, just make sure that you're good. Uh, because I think hopefully, hopefully this is it, right? Hopefully we're going to be normal by August and people aren't going to be dying anymore and it's going to be contained and, you know, we'll be able to have social gatherings properly again, if that's what you want. But yeah. 
life is weird and we have to get used to it, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> well, Josh, I appreciate you sharing that and being vulnerable and, and I'm glad you're still here. That is definitely for well, certain. Thank you. So, so thank you for, <laughs> um, like I said, being vulnerable and, sh- and sharing some of the challenges you've had. And that is a great recommendation. Um, and I wholeheartedly agree. Uh, take care of yourselves, everyone. It's important. It's very important. Um, because we, we want you to be here too. So yes. please, please do uh, make sure you're getting yourself taken care of. Well, Josh, with that, hmm. I mean, do you want to talk about a dumb monster movie still? We can. I, I don't care. <laughs> well, I, but I, I but I want you to care. If you don't want to, that's fine. Oh. <laughs> no, I don't not want to. I just, I have no preference. Okay. I'm happy well, hey. to talk to you about it. <laughs> okay. Well, hey, you know what? We're going to do uh, our wrap up as we usually do. Uh, and then if you want to stick around, listener, we're going to talk a little bit about Godzilla versus Kong. So, Josh, why don't we wrap this up? Sure thing. Thanks for joining us, everyone. In addition to finding us on Twitter and Instagram at Board with Fiji, you can find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Board with Fiji. So please give us a five star rating over there. I'll see it. I'll tell Kyle about it. So we'll be happy that you did it. Uh, also, if you want to communicate in the more long form. Uh, or you're just not feeling social media, please feel free to email us at boardwithvg at gmail.com. We tag all of our stuff with hashtag boardwithvg, so please use that hashtag as well on all your social media. And whatever podcast service you're listening to us on, we encourage you to give us a stellar rating. That is, whether you're downloading us from the Dice Tower Network feed or our very own standalone Board With Video Games feed. You can find me at, as Why So Serious. That's S I R R I U S on all the gaming stuff, probably. <laughs> Kyle, where can people find you? So you can find me at all the usual places Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, Board Game Geek, all at Psychocross, C Y C O C R O S S. Remember, stick around if you want to hear us talk a little bit about Godzilla vs. Kong. Otherwise, hey, if you have suggestions for future topics, be sure to reach out to us on the social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about. And remember, everyone, whether it be board games or video games, never stop gaming. All right, Josh. So, Godzilla versus Kong. That yes. 2021 monster movie developed, directed by Adam Wingard. Um, one of the movies that, you know, they decided, hey, we're just going to put this in theaters and on HBO Max at the same time. And oddly, it's only on HBO. It was on, I don't totally understand why they're doing this. We release it on HBO Max for a month and then it goes away thing. Yeah. Until it's going to come back permanently later. But anyway... Uh, this is the sequel to Godzilla King of the Monsters and Kong Skull Island. So this is kind of bringing those two movies together into this movie. Um, Josh, had you seen the previous two movies? I have, yes. Did you Three. like the previous? Well, yeah, the th- plus the one. Yeah. The previous Godzilla one to that. Or Kong went to that. Excuse me. Um, did you like those previous movies? I did, uh, for the most part. Okay, okay. So here's the question then. Did you like Godzilla versus Kong? It was fine. <laughs> it wasn't great. Um it's I don't even know how I want to describe it. It was 
So it feels like it was forced, right? They they said someone said, "Well, we have to get these two together. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have to fight. Like this is what people want, and we don't know how to get there. <laughs> so what we're gonna do is we're gonna write the silly premise, <laughs> and we're gonna make." Uh, a world with a radioactive lizard and a uh, giant gorilla, even more unbelievable by hollowing out the earth. <laughs> right, right, right. And making it a mere uh, land. <laughs> um, I for what they had for what they had to do, I think they did a fine job doing it. Like it's not great. I don't think it's horrible. Um, but you have to, like, uh, I was talking to Kevin Austin about it. You kind of have to give it some, le- like, leeway. It's, you, you're watching a giant monster movie versus another giant monster movie. Mm-hmm. You can't get hung up on Hollow Earth, like I kind of did a little bit. <laughs> like, the, you have to suspend your belief in this film that something like this could happen period it's not it's like what it's like if the sci-fi channel tried to do pacific rim like they already did try to do that yeah this is another example of it like it's it's a not as good pacific rim i think okay okay so and i misspoke earlier sorry i always confuse this so there was the gareth edwards godzilla movie back in 2014 yeah and then there was Kong Skull Island, then Godzilla King of Monsters. Yes. And now Godzilla versus Kong. Yeah. So all of these movies, like, I think that actually Kong Skull Island to me um, was a better movie than I anticipated it was going to be. Yeah. Like, I, I enjoyed that movie more than I anticipated I was going to. Godzilla uh, was fine. Like, I, I think there was some visually some really impressive things in that movie. Uh, but the... Overall, the one thing all of these movies, inclu- including Godzilla King of Monsters, has struggled with is, um, why are there people in these movies, Josh? Because I really don't care at all <laughs> about the story, and I just want to see some big monsters punch each other. So why are there, in a two-hour Godzilla versus Kong movie, is yeah. there like 25 minutes, maybe, of monsters fighting? Like, uh, I don't understand. Budget. <laughs> <laughs> but like there's got to be a really good like 30 minute cut of this movie probably somewhere but this movie as a whole is not good josh it, i would even say it i would even go far as saying it's bad because literally all the stuff in between the monster fights is not good it's not good at all and oh, yes i'm yes i'm happy to overlook some things when you're looking at big monsters fighting each other but then the problem is is you have to like go into like whether it be really laying into the cheese or doing something that's going to make me be like okay you know what this isn't um quote-unquote good but it's fun and the middle stuff the stuff in between with the people they try to make it fun but it's just not fun yeah it's uh, everything that millie bobby brown's character does it would never a human being would never do no the things that she does which is constantly putting herself in danger with other people she doesn't know, not right. even monsters. And then she like accidentally ends up on the other end of the earth. <laughs> uh, they made 
Isa Gonzalez's character and Rebecca Hall's character, two of the most unlikable female characters ever, ever to be in a movie. <laughs> Just unlikable. I think what they tried to do with Rebecca Hall's character was because um, Vera Farmiga didn't come back and she was like the like bad guy-ish in King of the Monsters. Like They were like, well, she's not coming back, so we'll have Rebecca Hall come and be worse. <laughs> like right. she's a good actress. They made her horrible. Um yeah, and Kyle Chandler is barely in this one. Uh who's Millie Bobby Brown's father, who apparently never knows where she is, uh, and just leaves the country without telling her and vice versa. Um I agree. The human stuff was was bad. And this is I like this the least out of the other two Godzillas and Kong. I like this one the least. But I do still think it can be enjoyable. Um, I guess in bits probably is the way you described it. Like in short, short parts. It looks, it's a very good looking film. Yeah, um, I would agree with that. It does look pretty good overall. I like, the, this was more of a Kong movie. Yeah. Where, you know, it's pretty much just centered around Kong, but because I think it's easier for them to uh, use the human element in connection with Kong than it is with Godzilla, even though Godzilla arguably cares more about people than Kong. Just Kong cares about one little girl <laughs> who he learned sign language from, I guess, uh, apparently. apparently. Yeah. <laughs> but like Godzilla, like generally he wants to be the only monster, but because he wants to protect the people of Japan, apparently, also. <laughs> so well, they, they don't seem to care about people because they're literally throwing each other through buildings, right? Filled with people, it's like like Superman and Zod fighting. Like it's pretty brutal, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it kind of does abandon Godzilla's motivations, which which was like established, I think, in the first the Brian Cranston Godzilla. And and has always been like this in the Japanese Godzilla, where Godzilla is the protector of Japan. And they kind of just they go nah, not for this one. <laughs> yeah, he hates, it's he doesn't he just hates monsters. He doesn't care what's in his way. <laughs> yeah, and it's just very weird because, uh, and maybe I should have rewatched the other movies before I watched this again. But like, okay, Godzilla's gonna come for Kong if we move him. Why? Because he he, he has to be the only Titan, like that's <laughs> yeah, that's thing. Godzilla's thing. He needs he wants to be the only. Well, right, but then afterwards they're just like, okay, yeah, I guess we're good. Deuces, we're out. Like it just yeah, right? they like they were like, okay, we're cool with each other now. <laughs> oh, I guess we both want the same thing. Like, why didn't they just chat? Like, why didn't they have a conversation about this? They had the like, Martha clearly, moment. Yeah, <laughs> clearly, like clearly, had they used their words or their their guttural guttural screams. Maybe they could have communicated and realized they both wanted the same thing. Um, but like, how... okay. My I'm big, my biggest gripe. Let me get it out. No <laughs> more. Is him Godzilla using his um, radioactive uh, attack? Yeah, that's that is supposed to wear him out to the point, or he or she, where the point where Godzilla needs to recharge and leave and come back like days later 
Mm-hmm. That's Godzilla uses that radioactive beam like a hundred times in this movie. <laughs> yeah, it does sound really cool though. Yeah, but he's not supposed to be able to do it that much without like <laughs> tiring himself out. That's like um, the reason why he's overpowered. Yeah, I will say I did like the one. I did kind of enjoy um, Brian Tyree Henry's character. Yeah, but all of the stuff that they were able to do, how are they able to do that? They're just like, hey, here's this like super secure facility. We're just gonna walk in. Yeah. We're just like Benny go, Hill. Yeah, like there's a bloop, 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 like we just end up where we are, and then where they're like, oh, we got to figure out how to use the password to override this thing. Well, we can't figure it out. You know what'll work? We'll just pour some alcohol on it. That'll yeah. fix it. <laughs> that just will make it all work the way it's supposed to. Yeah. What? I, oh my gosh, uh, this movie. I really, like I said, overall, I thought the fights overall were pretty good. I kind of enjoyed that when they fight Mechagodzilla, teaming up, you know, gets his big axe. He's just like, you know, Batman's got to get the thing so he can actually win some fights for Kong. Like, there was some fun stuff there. But, man, it was a slog of 40 minutes of stuff I didn't care about and, and didn't know why I was supposed to care about it to get to a really cool scene for 10 minutes for then another 30 minutes of stuff I didn't care about. I mean, uh, it was it it was rough. It was rough, Josh. I don't want to come. I don't want to come down so hard on the movie, but my gosh, I mm, I was I was not thrilled. <laughs> I almost stopped watching it, but I didn't. But I almost did. <laughs> <sighs> well, so they're gonna keep making MonsterVerse movies, though, right? Uh I don't know where they go from here. Actually, um, yeah, we'll probably get standalones. Again, back to regular Kong and Godzilla movies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. Kong's a harder sell. I think Godzilla, we know, will get more. Kong is, I guess, in the center of the earth. So we are we might not see him anymore. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah. That is kind of, he's just going to kind of hang out down there and, and do his thing. And yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. It was uh, definitely a letdown uh, compared to the buildup. I agree. And I think the other problem is is that for like better or for worse, and I know it's different because they're like robots, but like Pacific Rim is so good. I love Pacific Rim. You know, <laughs> like, and I think that's kind of the thing is like Pacific Rim. Again, the story there, not necessarily the best story, but yeah. done in a way that it just gets you to the parts that you super care about. Right? It's engaging enough. It is fun enough. It is interesting enough um, that you're able to get to the parts where big robots punch each other in the face. Because Pacific Rim is about the people, not the robots. Right, 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 right. So, yeah. Anyway, that's it. I appreciate taking the time, Josh, I really <laughs> wanted to vent about that movie. Because, goodness gracious, I was disappointed in it. <laughs> so, no worries. I hear you. And now probably I'll watch Mortal Kombat. And hopefully I won't be disappointed in Mortal Kombat. <laughs> but I hear there's a chance I will be. But we'll see what happens. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I turn, I turn my thing off and just goes right away. <laughs> <laughs> so, cool. Anything else you want to say about Godzilla vs. Kong? Uh, it's a movie. If you have two hours to kill, uh, take the bike out for a ride. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, listeners, if you stuck around for this, thanks so much. And like I said, we might do this on occasion, too, when we have other things, like the Mortal Kombat movie, which makes sense mm. for our podcast. Uh, but again, thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next week.